This is the SSBI podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. A happy morning from Hamburg, Germany, and welcome to the current episode of the SSBI podcast, today with an expert's talk. I'm lucky to have Miguel Myers as my guest today. Miguel is Power BI designer and solution developer in the Power BI team at Microsoft, and I'm happy that we can talk about best practices for report design in Power BI. Hello to Toronto. Hello, Miguel. Hello, Germany. How are you? Hi, Lars. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Happy to, I'm happy to be part of this podcast. Thanks a lot. I'm I'm really happy that you got up so early this morning. <laughs> I usually do this, so it's not something new for me. Nothing special. Okay. Even better. Would you be so nice to introduce yourself and your background to the audience, please? Well, I work for the Power BI customer advisory team. Uh, we are specialized on putting together all requests and complaints and everything, all the challenges the customers, partners, users get when they use Power BI. And we deliver that information to the managers, the, the, the Power BI developers, and they can actually start changing the, 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 the software in the way that is more easy for these users to, to, to work with. And I am more focused on everything related to design, uh, authoring experience in Power BI desktop, mobile, Power BI mixed reality, and Power BI embedded. Sounds like a lot of work, but also pretty interesting. Miguel, I can remember a conversation you and me had, I think, almost two years ago uh, via Skype, uh, in which we talked about um, that usually me as a freelancer, but also many employees have to do everything on their own in regards of Power BI. So creating the ETL process, creating the data model, the DAX measures, and uh, also the visualizations. And um, back then you told me, hey, not everyone can do everything in good quality. And if you need good report design, um, just hire a designer. But in reality, this is rarely the case. Usually you have to do everything on your own. This was the reason why I was thinking about doing this podcast together with you and asking you a couple of questions that could be really interesting for people like me. You know, I'm selfish. I'm interested in your answers as well, uh, but also for many people from the Power BI community. So really, really thanks a lot for uh, agreeing on this one. It's always a pleasure. Let's dive in with the first question, if you're ready. Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> Great. Um, if a customer comes up to you and says, I need the following report, what are usually your first questions to him or her um, to be able to work? Mm, the first question always is, who is going to be my, my audience? Exactly who are going to be the final users that are going to review that specific page or solution, report, dashboard, whatever they need, I need to understand who are they. And I need to, by understanding these personas, I can have an idea exactly what are those needs or the kind of layout that a solution needs to follow. But then I, I, it's important for me as well to 
of course, understand the data. And I ask always questions about the in in integrity of that uh, data set. Um, and, and not only that, understanding from users what is going to be the kind of consumption experience is really important too, because some uh, some uh, designers or some uh, users think that Power BI only comes with Power BI service, but there are many other Power BI uh, options like uh, mobile, like embedded, and each of these ones are completely different and they have their own uh, requirements and their own nature. So I really need to ask what is exactly the kind of um, platform that they are willing to, to use. And if they don't know, I need to ask, all right, do you want to have this design in a tablet? Is your final user going to use your uh, their phones or are they going to use this report to print to print it in, in paper or maybe sending uh, pages by email. If they say yes, no, I know by default that we need to design the entire report in Power BI uh, paginator reports. Or if they need to, uh, if they're in a factory and they have to move uh, around the factory, be more proactive. And at the same time, they have to have some insights to respond quickly to certain uh, scenarios then I know that mixed reality is one of the solutions that I need to implement uh, with Power BI Desktop. Those are the kind of things that I really need to ask and understand to move forward. Then finally, the other things that I, need, I, I always need to know is if there are some additional requirements regarding performance. Maybe that specific report has to be live. And then I know that I, I, I'm going to have a a very small amount of resources or elements in my page or my report. And I cannot be too fancy because that is going to impact that performance for live reports. Uh, or maybe another case is uh, those additional requirements uh, are about language. Maybe the user needs to switch easily from one language to another or from one currency to another. And that's important for me to know. So then I can modify the data set in a certain way that easily people can do that. Not only about content, but in design, uh, if somebody's requesting accessibility and maybe they are so focused on being accessible for people with the, uh, that are deaf or maybe they, they have some side issues or they are blind and they want to make sure that this report is accessible for that kind of audience, then I need to figure out what kind of visuals I'm going to use, features, and, and how the color or the, or the palette of my design is going to be aligned to this specific road. Uh, maybe another one that is in my mind right now is sometimes we have uh, the need to export those reports in PowerPoint or PDF, and the report can can play against you if the design is not nailed to or, or is not oriented to that specific um, requirement. These are many of, uh, this is one of many that people come up with. And sometimes the, the hard part is when the user, the, the, the people that are requesting these reports, they have no idea that those options exist. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion is, let them know. Sometimes we have to ask those questions. Is this going to be 
real time uh, is important for your performance how many how many rows of data your 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 report contains if you have millions of millions of data then i know by default that performance is going to be one of the things that i need to uh, keep in mind the things you mentioned show me that being too specialized in a specific field is not the way you can go in in power bi because you you were talking about designing but having performance in your mind Mm-hmm. Um, which requires, of course, a good understanding of the uh, the engines behind Power BI. So just being a designer and knowing about colors and how to communicate information is not enough. So no, it won't work. It won't work. And and this is uh, something that I have learned by practice. I, I remember when I just started working for Microsoft. I used to be very fancy in in, in my designs putting a lot of things into a one single page and trying to make it look nice, but I was completely forgetting in other areas. And when, when, I, when I used to deliver those designs to the customers, then they used to come back to me saying, all right, these are so beautiful, but we, can, we have to wait two minutes to, to review our report. And every time when we filter something, it takes forever. So then all the beauty was just garbage. Mm. And and that's why, yes, you have to think about performance. Yes, you have to think about uh, data modeling as well. Sometimes in order to get some kind of visualization, the data set is, no, is not helping us. You need to create some tricks in the data model in order to visualize the data properly for people to understand exactly what is that page for or that uh, report about. And, and uh, yes, you have to have some kind of, knowledge around certain areas is not just design you're 100 percent right um you already mentioned it um while answering my first question but uh, just to be really clear and specific how does the potential target group management analysts financial controllers affect the design of your report what do you do different for a management report or a report for um, a data analyst it's in my experience is more than it's not just about roles it's more about people um, if I say managers what is the difference between an, a manager and, and and somebody that is focused only on analysis I'll say that well a manager should have a, an overview something that they can see right away and it's easy it's intuitive and and maybe something that they can allow themselves to take actions, maybe reach out to the right people in order, in order to get deep, uh, deeper answers. But that can change depending on the persona, the, the uh, certain people. So I have, I have found uh, managers, high, uh, high executives, that when I design a report that is just that a summary, uh, they say, no, I want more. I want to go deeply. I really want to take my time and understand what's going on. And then, then I want to take actions. Well, those kinds of scenarios are specifically for people that are, are um, that are going to monitor certain areas or are going to analyze certain information deeply and not for for high executives. But some sometimes they request that. And that goes as well with the kind of uh, environment that the company follows sometimes companies are um, are oriented to certain activities or certain habits and it doesn't matter if they are managers or an analyst 
they have to follow certain uh, protocol. That's why, yes, it helps you to understand the, the, the difference between these roles in each company, but it's more about, I'm more focused more about exactly the, the person, what, is, what are the needs? Where is the company following? What are they getting used to, to do usually with the, with the current reports that they have? From my personal experience, I, I met a lot of CFOs who usually shouldn't be interested in details, but, are, but were really interested in the figures. So um, I was not able to sell them many diagrams like bar charts or something, but they wanted to have their tables to see um, all the detailed figures and being able to go into the details themselves. So I understand that they, it's totally dependent on the person, not on the role. Yeah. And sometimes they actually, there are another CEOs that they don't want to go to those details. They just want to know uh, main, main indicators. They want to receive alerts when, when possible. And they are so busy that there's no way that they can go deeply. It's the, it depends. So yeah, you, you, you say it really nice. It's more about the, the person, not about the role. Hmm. What I noticed during the, the last couple of months, many, many times, is that um, many customers want to change to Power BI or Power BI Desktop in that case, again and again, not because of analysis purposes, um, aka cross-filtering, but because it creates nicer visualizations than, um, for instance, Excel does. Um, this is what I heard many times. Uh, so they don't want to use the interactivity or what I said, cross-filtering, but are mainly interested in printing or exporting to PowerPoint. You already mentioned that. In what opinion, what are the differences to consider when optimizing a report for, on the one hand, analysis, cross-filtering, and on the other hand, printing? Is it possible to do both at the same time? Of course, Power, Power BI uh, Pagenera reports are, is designed because, uh, to do that. So you can still have in that interaction, but it's pixel perfect. So once you export this into a printing material, it's so easy. It's, uh, it's, it, it looks so nice. It's, it's not going to look blurry. It's going to have high quality, just like exporting any other PDF. And, and you're going to keep that integrity of, of the design. So always, if you if that if you're consider, considering to go to that road, and and it's all about uh, sending uh, emails with an electronic um, report, or maybe printing this into uh, some kind of book or or magazine. Who knows? Pigeonary uh, reports, Power BI is the is the option. And okay, but then of course you have to do the work twice. You have to create a report for analysis purposes, for cross-filtering visualizations and find insights uh, in your data. And on the other hand, creating a paginated report for, for printout or uh, I'm not sure, is it possible to go, to export a paginated report to, to a PowerPoint presentation? Yes. Okay, it is. Good. Then you can do both, but not on the same report. Exactly. Or, or you can completely design the entire report in Pagenary reports and just keep your analysis and the functionality of printing right there. Mm -hmm. But then I guess most of your customers own, own at least a P1 license from Power BI Premium, right? That's correct. 
okay, which is usually not the case for customers I work with. I have a couple of them, but um, many use pro licenses where paginated reports are not available yet. But let's see what the future brings. Yep. Uh, I believe that soon is going to be available for a wider audience, but let's see how it goes. Um, that's definitely a, a subjective thing, but what do you think makes a good report? Uh, simplicity. That's, that's the main word. It's not about beauty. It's not about, it's just simplicity and harmony. It needs to be organized. It needs to be something that you can see and you can understand in seconds. There is a saying in English, I, I am not saying, I, I have no idea if I'm going to say it right, but it's one image can express or can say thousands of words. Hmm. And that's exactly data visualization. That's data visualization. You have a lot of data, a lot of information, dimensions, factory tables, everything is there. And everything is just in one single visualization. And you have to be able to tell a story, to identify a trend, to identify a pattern in one single view. If you can do that, then you are in the right um, path. And that's, that's all it's about um, designing a report to be consistent and to be simple, to try to convey that information in the fastest possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, because you say that it's it's all about communication. You want to communicate an information to a, to a specific audience. And what I noticed in a couple of projects that the potential audience which should use the report later when it's ready, oftentimes it is not included in the project when the report is created. So what I've seen many times is that Teams are creating reports for audiences which are not included while they are built. And this, of course, uh, can affect the communication of what is presented. So what you say, it's always important to, uh, because simplicity depends on who will get it, right? That's correct. Yep. So it's it's necessary to have those who will consume it um, in, in the future um, being included while while the project runs. Exactly. That's part of the... If somebody wants to know about more about this process, uh, I'll suggest uh, go to any uh, searcher in, in internet and then try to see the process of UX, user experience process. And you're going to find out that the user experience process always take in mind the user and they cannot move forward in any part of the process without their feedback, knowing their interactions in each report, the needs that they have to go through. And that's exactly what I do all the time when I design reports. The audience, the people that are going to be the final users, they have to work with me. They have to follow the path through each step into the process. So yes, it's all about communication. I think you're... Before we pressed record for for this podcast, um, we were talking about um, your colleague, Chris Hamill, who does an amazing job with his um, blog. He publishes regularly, and um, I'm pretty sure he does a good job at at your team. (laughs) I can judge this. Um, And you and him, if I got that right, created this 
new sales and return sample report, which is available um, under link I will uh, put in the in the show notes of this podcast. And um, when I saw this the first time, my my eyes got opened. I, I was really surprised that all of this is possible with Power BI. So thanks for this um, example file. It's it's amazing. I can only recommend everyone hearing this taking a look at this report and how it is done. What I would really like you to do is go through this report together with me and all the people listening to us and tell us which thoughts you had in mind when you were creating these specific elements on the page or why did you arrange the, the content of your reports on these different pages in that um, order you did Uh, which thoughts did you have in mind when you created these elements? Well, let, let me give me uh, let me give you a little bit more context because there are things that people don't know about that report. Number Please. one, number one, this report was designed for a real customer, and they were using another software to analyze their data, and they were willing to start using Power BI. Uh, so they come to us, they came to us to ask us about how can we make that transition in a very pleasing way without without redesigning the, um, the structure of their original report from that other software or that other platform. Mm -hmm. And they share a data set and they uh, told us exactly the click tail And, and the way that they, they used to analyze those reports and, and go through the, each page, et cetera. So this is not a, this is not a, a demo that is just, is just coming out from out, out, out of the blue. It's not random. It, it came from something real. Uh, obviously, this demo had, uh, had to be completely redesigned And and all the the fields are completely different, random. But I tried to create to create some kind of trend or give you a story that it was so similar from this customer. Like if if I I know that this this report is about skateboards, but if you exchange that skateboard to the real product that we were working at that time, it will follow the same kind of trend. It will give you the same. We we will find always the same kind of stories. But in order to to protect that confidentiality, I mm. was making sure that that people won't identify the kind of industry or or customer that we helped. And so that so that was in mind. So this demo is based on a real scenario from a real customer uh, thinking to move away from another software. And uh, something we did is we we tried to showcase how Power BI uses some of the features and capabilities to, to bring extra value into, uh, into the experience, to allow users to teach them how to use it, especially because, number one, remember, they were using another platform. They were using another software. So they didn't know how to drill through. They didn't know how to use tooltips or how can they drill down a table or they didn't know anything. Uh, One of the part, uh, one of the areas that you will find in this demo is a very easy way to understand how to use them. I believe that there is some kind of I uh, 
we added some animations or gifs uh, files where you can see actually what to do. And that was one of the ideas in mind, like, okay, we know that there are many people that use Power BI and that people that don't use Power BI, that they are not aware about how to use Power BI because Power BI grows so fast that it's, sometimes it's really hard to catch up. Yes, and, sometimes. And, and 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 that was the, that that was the other reason we we are trying to deliver something nice, but as well we are trying to edu uh, ed- educate. We're we we're trying to instruct users and 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 instruct new 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 users as well. It was a hard task because now you you have this demo and putting all that together in one single one it will it will look a little a little bit overwhelming, but we were trying we were trying to do this in a very harmonic way to do not make it look so heavy even knowing that we we were putting all all inside of this small uh report with only four pages hmm. and i think the the way you're you're going there especially when i take a look at your um second page intro where you're having this um instructive um animated gifs with this zoom in effects that show how to use uh, a drill through or um other features of Power BI is is really nice for consuming how it works. I think the the alternative would be the way we used to do it the uh, the last ten or twenty years by having a word document with screenshots that shows uh, how it works and nobody knows where this document is. <laughs> um, usually, it, it gets lost. And having it in this report animated makes it really easy to consume it. I think. Yeah. Um, yes. We, we receive a lot of uh, critics uh, about this report because uh, they were saying, oh, but uh, this page is not uh, giving us this kind of uh, insights or, oh, I think this is too busy or maybe like people were complaining about it, but it's something that we talked in the beginning. This is not about trying to design uh, a report and make everybody happy. This was designed specific for a customer. Mm. Uh, specific to replicate a scenario that they were feeling comfortable, and and the visuals that you can see in this report, in uh, adding adding uh, AI visuals like like the composition tree, a Q and A, a key influencers, was a, a, an extra that we were trying to deliver to this customer to let to let them know how easy they can not only continue using their original report view, but as well how they can embrace uh, other visualizations from Power BI itself. And um, uh, this is almost like uh, somebody that is specialized designing furnitures. Let's let's think about it in that way. Somebody is designing a, a beautiful chair, and that chair is really useful, very innovative, and 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 maybe works really well with certain things around. And then somebody sees the chair and says, well, this chair is really nice, but how am I going to lay down? I want to lay down in this chair. If, if, they, if I cannot lay down, this chair is not, is not good. Well, if you want to lay down, you have to find a bed. You have to design a bed. It's, the chair was specifically designed for certain things. Hmm. This report... Everything you see here was was just like that. What well, all I'm saying is this: these demos that that we are start going 
and moving forward publishing more and more, it should be for all of you a reference about the possibilities. Then you can use this reference to feel crea uh, creative or to add certain things in your own reports, but do not try to take this and fit it everywhere you can because mm. that's a, a recipe of disaster. Uh, you should always listen to your customer and, and go along with what they need. And, and, and this should be purely a reference. Got it. It was tailored for one customer and it's not the solution for everyone on the market, of course. True. Yeah, but it really opened my eyes for, for several features, especially uh, for uh, using bookmarks to um, put the key influencer or the decomposition tree uh, focused in the middle of your report, all the other diagrams in the background and just using it when you need it and if not just let it disappear and use the normal report. This is um, such a nice feature of Power BI. Yeah, bookmarks allow, allows you to restructure the report because there are certain visuals that need more real estate than other ones. Like, mm. like key influencers is a very, uh, it's a very big visualization. Yeah. If you reduce the size of a key influencers, you cannot even read it, and and the visual doesn't it doesn't behave correctly when when you reduce certain size. And so that's, that's, a, uh, that, that's a visualization that needs to take a lot of space in your page. And that's why bookmarks can come into the rescue and, and exchange the view in order to allow certain visuals to work properly. Cool. I can only recommend, as I already said, um, take a look at this report, how it is designed, which features are available. It's amazing. And I'm looking forward to it growing during the next month with all the new updates in Power BI. Something important to follow and, and reconsider to review in this report is in the first page, the intro page contains uh, the design factors in, 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 into the right side. Uh, go check those fact, uh, factors so then you can understand if, uh, why, this, design, why this, this report was designed And, and what were those factors that took me to that specific uh, uh, analysis, design, and everything that you can see? Like if you go to UI, UX, you're going to see that one of the requirements for the customer was to be consistent. They didn't want to see pages very different from one to the other one. They want to have something that they were feeling familiar with their branding, but as well familiar with, uh, with the entire analysis. Or maybe another one is uh, they want to have a clear data distribution or they have to have minimum amount of clicks. So now by you going along with this list and keeping those points in, in mind, now you can understand why everything was set up in the, in the, in the next pages. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone um, recognizes this as a controlling element um, on, the, on the intro page. But there's this line with this three dots, one in the beginning, one in the middle, and one at the end, which you can click, and then uh, the right part of this report page changes to, um, yeah, I think the first thing is the design factors table. Then uh, the second is visual header animated tooltips. We have this animated GIF that shows you how it works. And the third one is visual header info tooltips, which also explains... Um, Uh, how it is has to be used um, by using an animated GIF. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for this deep dive. I wasn't I wasn't aware. I thought it's um, a demo without um, any any connection to a real case, but makes totally sense to reuse this. Yeah, and um, we are we are working right now intensively to come up with more samples like this one uh, in the, from different industries. So then you're going to have more and more resources to to go through. Um, Microsoft is uh, really commitment uh, to to come up with a very intelligent and very nice and following the data best practices uh, principles for people to to really learn from them. So we we're working really hard on that area. Yeah. Look, looking forward to it. Looks like uh, it's a good investment of time and money. Of course, that makes other people who want to have equal reports um, adopt your technology. Um, let's come back to what I said in the beginning when we um, started this podcast. I, I was talking about the, the talk we had, um, I think, two years ago that not everyone can do everything on his own in a really superior way. Uh, and I know you, you studied a long time for, uh, for what you do right now. What, what did you study? You studied design, if I remember that correctly. Uh, I had four university degrees. Uh, the, the first one was uh, international marketing. International marketing allows me to understand users, to do the right research, and to um, to study their needs, so then I can come up with our nice product. Mm -hmm. So everything that I know about audience and everything that all the techniques that I follow about to understanding those requirements actually came from my marketing studies. And then I study um, computer engineering, which allows me to understand data, to work with data models, to start exploring DAX coding so i like that part and that's what i study uh, then and then i did i study a degree of graphic design mm -hmm. that's why i'm good designing things color uh, layouts ui ux and finally i study international relationships which i don't use at all i i just study <laughs> that because i always wanted to to know everything about importing products and exporting from one country to another. And I thought that I will, I will do that for a living. And that's, that's the only thing that I actually don't use in my daily basis. I, I only use my three first degrees. <laughs> okay, I, I have one university degree in business administration. Let's say I don't want to add three more. What can I do to become a reasonable, good um, Power BI report designer? What, what is your advice for me becoming one listening you have to start to learn how to listen to uh, requirements and sometimes we are very stubborn we want to do things in the way that we feel more comfortable and we are we, th we think that we are ready to listen uh, customers needs but we sometimes we are not we we defend ourselves ourselves and we defend our posture And I believe that the most fundamental area that we should all uh, really improve is the way the techniques that we use in order to listen and, and gather information from customers and then 
take that information and design what they need. That's fundamental. It doesn't matter how good you are with data, uh, with, with uh, managing data or designing or all the experience and knowledge that you have about Power BI or any other platform that you use. Uh, if if you're not um, if you're not capable to understand the needs and 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 create a solution to to fix or to improve certain requirements, that's okay. the number one. That's the number one. the the other The other part is you have to know about data visualization. Power BI is a tool that is all about data visualization. It actually is a data visualization tool. If you're gonna use this uh, software and you're gonna uh, do a, uh, make a living uh, about it, make sure that at least if you're gonna use this data visualization tool, you know data visualization. And when I'm talking about data visualization, is just not is is just not uh, using bar charts or scar charts or maps. It's how, when to use them, what are all different scenarios, when to avoid uh, certain visualizations, how to improve that visualizations by adding maybe size, maybe color or labels. So all those parts, there are um, areas of, um, of a visualization or a, a visual. It's important for you to really understand them. Like you have to you have to really know them better than your hand. It's something that that it needs to be in your in your in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. The other part, layout, design, colors, um, uh, DAGs. That's something that you can go little by little. You can find other people that can help you, and 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 that's gonna work uh, as well. But the first two that I just said, uh, start l- listening and understanding data visualization best practices. It's really, really important. Do you have um, specific resources that you would recommend to our audience? Um, I, I, you don't have to mention them right now. We can also put them in the show notes. But is there something, um, some resource you follow specifically, like... Um, for me, it's Stephen Few. I like to read his books and to follow his advice. But do you have something like that? Uh, I'll I'll go with the basics, and and that means Stephen uh, Stephen View, uh, Few, Colin, where uh, or maybe Alberto Cairo. Uh, these are authors authors that are actually I like, and they will give you the one of the most uh, important areas that you should always remembering at the time when you visualize information. Uh, but I believe that all these rules and best practice, practices are really good, are really important. But also rules are designed to be broken. So try to enjoy this, this journey. Try to enjoy the work that you do. Uh, explore new alternatives. Think out of the box. Uh, understand the, the, the fundamentals and they and then invent your own always following your your final users um, um, requ- requirements and desires in order to improve that visualization report or experience that you have to design 
And of course, follow the Chris Hamill blogs. We have Casper as well in our team. He has a tremendous amount of good resources. Um, uh, Matthew uh, Roche, which as well, he he's in in my team. I'm gonna I'm gonna share these blogs from my team to to you, so then you can share with your audience. Yeah, great. And 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 yep, I I think those are good resources. It's always good to to follow people that are, are part of this industry, including you. And you, you forgot your own YouTube channel, which I for sure will uh, mention in my show notes, of course. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. I wish I, I, I wish I can, I can design more, more videos more often and more content, but believe me, I, 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 sometimes I have to find time to sleep because I'm so, so busy, but I'm, I'm going to make some kind of commitment to all your audience uh, to, to bring more and more content as well. Even more, thank you for <laughs> agreeing on doing this podcast today. Um, just to save you some time, we're all already at the end of, of my questions. Of course, you can add whatever you want. Um, Miguel, in addition to the questions I already asked, um, is there something, some advice or some message you want to send um, to, to our listeners which is important for um, report design, in your opinion? Is there anything else you want to add? Um, just ha have fun. Enjoy doing this work. That's what I do. Uh, I always say that I, I don't work. I really don't work. Uh, I can even do what, what, what I do without any money. I, it just makes me happy. It's, uh, it's something that... that um, that allows me to f feel peace and 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 I, I, it relaxes me and not only that always make sure that whatever you do you put a lot of passion a lot of heart and share that with everybody else around you because uh that that's going to give you more uh happiness and more uh, i believe uh it's going to give you more knowledge Because once you transmit those messages, you're going to receive feedback and then you're going to find yourself in areas where, oh, I didn't know this. Let me try that. And that's how you grow. So don't, don't, don't uh, feel afraid to ask. Don't feel afraid to share and have fun. Yeah, that's exactly what matches my experience. And this is also something I, I wanted to ask someone for a long time, but What you notice when you're in the Power BI um, community, you see that many of um, the Power BI team members, like you already mentioned, Matthew Roach, or you, or Chris Hamill, um, have their own blogs on something they do already at work. So it seems like they are really passionate about what they do um, and want to share their knowledge uh, during their spare time, I think. I, I don't think that Matthew Roach is writing his... Uh, blog posts during his um, office time no so, no no i i when, when i go no believe me none of us uh do this in <laughs> in our in our offices or in our work time we do this because that's what we love and that's exactly the kind of things that you have to evaluate yourself um is this making you happy is this something that that you're very anxious to start working every day because i do Sometimes I even when I'm sleeping, I'm I'm dreaming about the design that I need to accomplish this, the, the next day. So I'm working even when I'm sleeping because 
I, I just enjoy it. And, and I would love to, to know that all of you as well are passionate about data visualization and, and, and report design because that's the way to go in anything else. Yeah, amazing. This is why I, I got self-employed and started freelancing with Power BI because I was just um, sure that this product will succeed in, in the market and uh, can help so many people like me. Um, when I was a financial controller, this was something I really needed to do. And um, yeah, I, I understand your passion. And There is something else. There is a big responsibility in all of us. Uh, regarding report design and regarding visualizations. is this a huge responsibility. What I have found when I started joining to this uh, software with, my, to, with Microsoft and my team, what I found out is there is no such importance to best practices in data visualizations. The industry is not aware about war, why design is important, why data visualization and reporting experience is so important. They are not uh, in the right mindset yet because this is a, a, a industry, this is a field that is just growing. So it's, it's, we have to all put our fingerprint or our footprint into this new era and make sure that the new generations find something more stable, not so weak like I, I can see it right now. We are still in that developing area. So look, my only advice is just make sure that we are doing things right. So then it's going to be easier for the, the company later on to continue maintaining those kind of principles and reports in the future. Amen. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I have heard for, from, from many uh, consultants just like you that people don't take this as a priority. They think that it's not important to have uh, intelligence reports, and 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 this has become now uh, like a new rule. And mm -hmm. I believe it's because there is a lacking of knowledge and sometimes bad luck that uh, certain people that were in charge they didn't have that kind of vision, and now everybody follows that, and that's the kind of responsibility that we have as a community, as a professionals. That's why it's so important to share the knowledge, to do not just keep that uh, by ourselves. This is what we're trying to do today and hopefully tomorrow and the day after again. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I'm happy. Miguel, I'm extremely pleased that you accepted my invitation and shared your knowledge with us. Um, I think it was very instructive for many. In any case, it was for me. And um, thanks again for your time. I appreciate it a lot. Your YouTube channel, I will put the link uh, in the show notes down below. And um, yeah, thank you and keep up the good work. No, thank you. And I, I, I was so happy to be part of this. I hope, I hope the best for everyone and for you too. And let's see if we can do this again another time. Would be very pleased. Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye. To you on the headphones, thanks for listening. Many greetings from Hamburg, Germany, and see you soon, Lars.